0: Okie dokie, so I will wind down the relaxing music and we can wind up a new conversation. Welcome back to the Digital Boys of the Clubhouse. Today we have a International Women's Day special featuring one of my INAB colleagues, Opor Srisuan, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and the founder of the Saya Foundation Myanmar. Uh, Tin Mama Tep, again, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, But the reason we are hosting this event on the auspicious day of International Women's Day is because um, INEP has been closely involved in issues of women's empowerment and supporting projects across Southeast Asia to um, do just that, to empower women in many different ways. And Opor is the project coordinator that we have called the female Sangha initiative and, uh, Tess and her foundation, uh, were the beneficiaries of a, of a grant that supported their, uh, their work, um, recently in the past couple of months. And so we decided to host an event to showcase that information and let people know, and also be able to provide an opportunity for, A kind of group conversation, where you can ask questions to all three of us, but most likely the two powerful women here. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so the idea is to really just learn something new, relax on a uh, Tuesday evening, and uh, celebrate International Women's Day with um, some new information. So without further ado, I will hand it over to Opor, who can give you all a little bit more of an insight into what the Female Song day Initiative was, or still is, in fact, and uh, how they supported the Saya Foundation. So I'll hand it over to you, Opor. Go ahead.
1: Thank you, Dexter. So, um, every day should be uh, in, in the National Women's Days. Yeah, I, I hope. Um, so, Dexter mentioned that um, today is the International Women's Days and it's a global day of celebrating the economic culture and political achievement of women. Yeah, this day also call for an actions of the women equality. And this year um, campaign theme is like break the bias. So um, yeah, we live in a world that um, we have to say that it's not yet equal, but um, by being here um, starting from here now in um, and then um, expanding to, you know, to um, more, like in the larger scale, I believe that one day we will achieve what we um, dream for of the um, gender equalities. So um, now about the Female Sankha Initiative for Social Transformation in Southeast Asia, which I from now on will be calling this in short, Female Sanka Initiative. And um, it started last year, um yeah and and that was my first year at i-neptu IMAP too. i did not know much about um female sanka initiative but um through that process i learned um so this project was actually um funded by um joy together society um jts korea yeah and this female sanka initiative is um we aim the project itself aimed to empower Buddhist women to be more actively involved in social, cultural, and environmental activities. So they were um nine selected um project, and which is which are in the four countries: Bangladesh, Indonesia, Myanmar, and Thailand. So um the at the end of the year throughout the the diverse um activities and the diverse um, project itself uh, we they reach out the our um, project partner uh, reached out to 2929 people like indirect benefit and perhaps also impact another um 100,000s more so um this is why it is important to start from here from now and then we expand to the larger scales and so, um, yeah, it wasn't easy, but, um, the COVID at least uh, the, a pandemic and it's always disrupt the schedule and the project. but through this, you know, um, guiding with the compassion and understanding really help. And at the end, um, at the end of the project, um, when I look back, um, how we start the project, um, at the beginning of the year, I love to thank all those um who worked really hard. Um I cannot mention all the names but uh, but yes, I appreciate all the support and uh, and the hard work that you did. And Saya Foundation came in at the last minute. I we actually reached out and asked if they want to um send in the applications. Um and Saya Foundation led by Ted did it so so well. That's why um we are here to learn from her, which um throughout the process of last year I learned a lot. And I believe that there's some more things to learn from Ted. So um I will be handed over to Tin Mama Ted from Saya Foundation and we can um, we can have the um questions and open discussion of um how the female Sangha initiative, um, you know, contribute to this um, gender equalities Later, it can be in um, in the conversation form. So then I don't feel so lonely and um, talking alone. OK.
2: OK, great. <laughs> thanks, Esther. And thanks, Opor, And thanks, everyone who are coming to listen to our conversation here. Welcome, everyone. Um so um as Opor and Dexter said, I am Dimate Comites and I am currently leading Saya Foundation, uh, which is an organization, uh, education organization working for uh, Myanmar my children's and teachers and people in general so we have a lot of um, uh, programs for children teachers parents and community members so uh we have um, online classes we run community education programs we design curriculums um, develop materials and also do all sort of um, uh, programs for the teachers and this uh, female sangot program um, we selected the nuns the Buddhist nuns from Myanmar who were um, working with children and leading education program across Myanmar and then uh, we were really privileged to be able to work with INAP and JDS. Um, um, to support their women in Myanmar. Yeah. So um, the reason why we really wanted to do this project and also continue to support women in Myanmar and women in general is is very much aligned with the um, hashtag and uh, hashtag break the bias from Yuan and this this year's um, slogan. Right. So um, whenever I think about the women uh, or, or whenever pe- many people think about women, there are a lot of bias um bias can be those prejudice towards women like uh women are weak or uh, or like some people even think that women are second class citizen whatsoever so there are a lot of bias toward women and like uh toward women by women and by others right Sometimes whenever whenever we think about bias it is usually thing like people it's about other people thinking toward women but it's also women toward women like ourselves we also sometimes think that or oh, maybe it's true that we are weak whatever so the, these kind of bias are always around us and those are interpreted into our culture into our structure into our education system and even in our religious practices so in order for us to break the bias of people and of ourselves having to work women, we really need to educate women and people around us. So those are the reasons why to break the bias we really wanted to have programs for the uh, women and people around us and yeah that's pretty much um, the reason why we started the program for nuns nuns were uh, not recognized uh, for their effort and their voice are not being heard and yeah we needed to empower them um, to raise their status, to, to, um, to let them voice out more, to even see their own talents and their, their to let them know that they are strong enough, uh, to do these things. Yeah, and I'm very glad to, um to be able to work with Opur throughout the project. I learned so much, and also we were really supported with the uh, um you know uh, technical insights and also just simply by being there for us whenever we need anything. Thanks, opor. You're
1: okay, welcome. So, can we ask a question now, Dexter? <laughs> I absolutely think we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I was like, this is my um, <laughs> this is my own questions to um, to to, to touch and uh, um, I don't know how she did it um. Uh, the, the situation in Myanmar isn't um, isn't like um really accommodating still, i still yeah. not, um, how did you manage at, you know, at the woman, at, um, at a mom, at the founders and running all this project and you still have time to empower others. And when I wrote the, um, the, re- when I read your report, I was like, where does woman have all the energy from? And, and you mentioned that it's rewarding. And I wonder, um, what was the the wow moment when you see that oh all of that have you know rewarded?
2: Um yeah. I don't know where it where it all come from. <laughs> but, yeah, um I yeah, so many things that right right now that I'm doing, like being a mom of a baby who is um, fourteen months uh fifteen months old now. And um, uh, working full time and also doing all sort of stuff. I think um, like just before this conversation, like I said, it's it's very um, it's very challenging yet is very rewarding so uh those things that i think like challenging as in like are oh, too many things to do but then like when you when you really see the results of what you are doing then it's also motivating and it feels rewarding so whenever i work with uh, people um people on the ground like teachers and the nuns and whoever like um when they learn something when they have realized something or when they have implemented something because of they learn or of they change it just gives me motivation to go forward and it's the same for uh motherhood whenever i see my baby laughing or whenever whenever i see him like um uh, growing up as a healthy boy then like it gives me a lot of energy so i have to say Well, I don't know, Um, maybe it's because I'm a mom. Um, It just like whenever you see the people and things, you just, you just feel, when you can feel like you can do it, you can do it. I don't know um, if I'm answering your question, but like, yeah, that's what I feel. When I feel that I can do it, I really can do it. And then I, I can multitask, I can do cooking, I can do babysitting, I can do training and everything. It's just important that we believe in ourselves and we have a support system. So um, I have a very supportive family, I have to say, and uh, the colleagues that I'm working with are also very supportive and very accommodating to accommodating to my situation as a mother and also people that i'm working with are very passionate to what, what they are doing as well so like uh believing my believing in myself having a very strong support system really helped me to do things that i am doing right now
1: yeah yeah we can we can't do this alone right and uh so um i I listened to the um the the interview from um Jesuma, Ten Tenzin mm. She's once she mentioned that um if you go to the nunnery and ask, what's the main obstacles? Um, so there they will answer, the low self esteem and the lack of confidence. So, mm. have you encountered this um during? um your you know your work or because you um actually um you the saya foundation it um in the working to empower the nun through education so um yeah let's bring it up and then so mm. we can we can learn how to do it because um from those uh, from the report you sent um is this only from the um the written form so i was um mm. I was reading it and smiling at the same time like, Yes, um, it's it's amazing how you how you done it. So can you um walk us through that journey, how you did it and how the Sayah Foundation empowered the nun through the
0: education? Okay.
2: Yeah. So um uh, the program involved uh, training mentoring and also um, supporting them with their resources and whatever um, but then like uh, what I have learned from uh, from the participants from our program in the beginning I think in the report even we said like um, some of them really wanted to be a monk before the program they wanted to be a monk because they think uh, monks can do uh, better than better and even more than um, nuns and um, monks works and activities are more recognized um, in the society than what the nuns are doing and also the voice of monks are being heard while the nuns are not. So they really wanted to be a monk before, but then like in throughout the program, what we are saying is that, um, whether it's about whether it's a man or is a woman, it, they are all human being, right? People, people in general, human being in general are very talented and they have their own personal, you know, talents and they have their um uh, they have their own ways of um doing things it's not just that um uh, women or nuns specifically are weaker than monk monk or, or or men then like we really highlight the points that we are all human being and then like we are capable but then we are also you know um we find out their gaps that they are having um in the society. For example, if they think they are lacking confidence, not only because of um they are women, but also because their uh, level of knowledge and knowledge and skill. Then we we try to help them, support them with the trainings so that they can they can be confident um, um they confident on their own skills and knowledge. So we did the trainings on um um how the, the Buddha us teaching strategies, uh, we did the training on critical thinking, we did the training on um, reading strategies, we did the trainings on dialogue strategies and some other skills that they are uh, and digital literacy, some other skills that um, they need to, uh, they need to know um, as human being in general, not as a nun or an, as a, as a woman. So um, after they have learned about all these skills, they have They have more confidence and they have more exposure in talking about their uh, traumas and their experience. So, and they have, they have what. You know whenever they talk about their traumas and their experience they also learn from each other that they learn that oh there is a support system the force the support system that um that we are having even within the same um, female sangha network so um there are different experience and there are different solution to those difficulties and challenges that they are having so so they learn from each other they learn from their training they learn and inspire from one another and they have this confidence after getting the trainings and uh, through this journey, they have grown so much, and it's the same for us as um trainers and organizers by looking at them, by listening to their stories, we also grow with them. So, um, yeah, this is how, how how we did, and it's really amazing to listen to all these stories um uh of the nuns. So, those nuns who said they wanted to be monks in the beginning of the training said, like, oh. And right now, we really realize that we, we really don't need to be monks to be able to make impact in our society. You know, you can just be one man, you can just just be a female singer. And then if you are competent enough to do things, of course, you can do a lot of things and you can still make a lot of difference. You know, and we even um, included our training program. Uh, organized by the nuns for the children and then like they have to teach live on Zoom uh, with the children which they have never done before. So and like they have improved so much of their confidence in teaching and interacting with the people and, and since uh, we did a lot of um, trainings and um, programs online and there is a lot of visibility to the public as well so a lot of positive comments that uh, the nuns received during the program, and that also motivated them to keep going. So even just recently, uh, yesterday, we had a conversation, a live panel discussion on our blog, and then um, they openly talking about their struggles, their challenges, their experience and all this thing, And then and then people are really listening to them and then understanding more about their challenges. So when the people know about these things, uh, these prejudice that they have had toward the nuns and what the nuns have gone through um, throughout their lifetime, they started to uh, sympathize more and show their, show more of their compassion and understanding toward nuns. So I think whenever uh, we are talking about um, empowering women or like empowering nuns, it's not enough that we are just doing trainings or empowering to the, uh, the those uh, target audience, like women and nuns. We also need to educate and empower the public because um, at, the program can be short, uh after the programs they will have to go back to the society and the community. If the community and society will have those bias still, like they might they, it, it might say be um challenging for the non. So we, when the nons are empowered, the public need to be empowered as well. We need to do it parallel and we're trying to do this as much as we can. It's um it's taking time poor, but um we're slowly going there.
1: Thank you. Dexter? Is there specific questions that you'd like to ask us? So um what um Ted was just um saying is um yeah, I I can see I think you probably um smiling and speak um uh, at the same time. And mm-hmm. um and under um underlie that you um you were saying about um we have to educate um the public um in parallel so yeah and it's take time but you make it sound so easy um i know that <laughs> um you know um project um can last one year two year three years but um to empower yeah. one person um for example for me to be speaking here it took me years maybe whole, my whole life but um how did you do it you know um share with us uh, the trick that you um that you use and and so and so we we all can achieve that um gender equality and, mm-hmm. and especially in this um you know um structures where it's uh, mostly when um the the scholars or um books is written by men and talk about um a woman a, a woman role in Buddhisms and thing so um. Yeah, tell us your trick and then um we can use that to expand.
2: <laughs> um actually there is no one-size-fits-all or solution or bore. <laughs> so um <laughs> so uh yes, uh, and I, I, I don't think I use tricks. Um it's just based on our and um common understanding on uh, what's going on in the uh, situation so I think whenever we do projects or women empowerment or activities for female and guards in Myanmar or in wherever I think there are there are special ingredients Um. That we really need to add, um, so that there is like um, it's like a meal, like you're cooking something. There are special ingredients that we really need to think about it. For example, maybe um, it's like salts that you really need it. But the thing is, like amount of salt that you add into that 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 meal or that curry, depends is depend on the people who will be eating it. Maybe if somebody is having diabetes, maybe you will have to add very little salt or even no salt. Or like, or if somebody is vegetarian, then maybe you will need to remove the um, meat from the meal, and then like just cook with a vegetable. So it's like cooking in the kitchen. Maybe I'm I I'm really into cooking, so I'm giving this example. <laughs> so so um, when we whenever we are designing a program, it's really important to know who who really is eating this this food right so um if you are doing this program for the female sangha in myanmar and specifically from the maybe middle myanmar or or specifically from our uh, shan state or whatever depending on the people that we are working with we need to um we need to design our program so um first you really need to know the audience uh, what their backgrounds are what their situations are and what they are going through that only then we can design a training program that is relevant to their needs as well. Oh, so we can't just talk like whenever when, when we are talking about female Sangha, we can't just blindly talk about, you know, we need a equality, gender equality in Buddhism, and we need to be regarded the same, you know, the same status as um, monk and now whatever. So we can't be so direct. And because of it's also um, they are they are not from this culture and they're not used to it. So it's really difficult um, to Um, uh, to just say one strategy will fit to all the um, community or in all programs. So the first thing, like I said before, is to know about the audience and the people that we are working with. The second thing is to know about their background and the situation that they are in, the society that they are in. Because Myanmar has been closed for so many years, it stays closed. Um, so um there are so many things uh happening like in culture. There are so many cultural um uh, violence, there are structural violence, there are direct violence, all these conflicts and violence and abuses, uh they have been there. And so people are uh, People are already biased in, I mean, unconsciously. So they don't, they are not, they are not consciously um, discriminating women. Sometimes it just unconsciously discriminating because um, they just think it is right to do that, right? So you, when we know the um, situation or the society more, then it's um it's also it also help us to design. Okay, what, how can we approach um the the people in the society so that so that we can um help our our um our, our partners um in our programs in our in our training program what we think of was just focusing on Buddhism for example like uh, we wanted to help the t- uh, nuns to use more critical thinking in their work, to use more creative thinking in their teachings, to use no corporal punishments uh, to their children, etc. And we can't just say like, OK, nuns, uh, please don't beat the children anymore. Or please use more critical thinking question in their class, in your classrooms, or just be like uh, try to be more confident in the society. We can't just say that. So what we thought of was um using Buddha as a Uh, As an example, who who they are, who they feel so inspired to as well. So we started off with the training called uh, Buddha's approach to teachings, where we explore a lot of teaching strategies, um, a lot of teaching strategies that Buddha used, including use of critical thinking skills, experiential learning methods, and dialogue strategy. So after they have really accepted that it is really necessary to use these strategies. And then we started to tell them like these this is how you do it. This is how you can be done it in Buddha's way in your own society, in your own classroom. We highlighted why Buddha didn't beat his um audience or fellows. And like, why is that? And what are the things? And if if you really think of um yourself as the true fellows of Buddha, why are you beating uh the children? After that, you know, they realized that, uh, oh, yeah, we are doing it without realizing that we are against Buddha's way, you know, we don't need to tell them uh, that don't beat the children. But instead, they started to realize uh, by themselves, oh, yeah, we are doing this in the wrong way or in the right way, or we should be doing this and that. So um, so one of our strategy was to be more experiential um that is relevant to their um to their to their life as well so uh to conclude um to conclude or what to my answer uh the first thing is to know who we are working with the second is to know the society and the situation that they are in and their backgrounds and what's going on and the third is to be uh to use the approach and strategy that is relevant to their um uh that is relevant to their um beliefs and uh, to their life as well yeah
1: thank you thank you for sharing that yes there is no um not one size fit all as you say and i believe that the, whatever you are cooking is really delicious <laughs> dexter i <laughs> dexter where are you um yeah, I I also look at the um Facebook live um here and there there are some questions um so um is this okay Dexter if I I will be asking um Ted um to answer some questions from the um from Facebook?
0: Absolutely, that's what I was actually going to to bring up. Yeah, please do.
1: No. I think that's your, I,
2: feel, um, I, feel, I, I, feel I think so that's important that I've been asked a lot of questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Next up, please, um, please go ahead. Um, yeah, I leave th- this, um, to you now.
0: Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Tess and both and, o- Opor for your sharing. I mean, it, it's, incredibly inspiring to hear about not only the the challenges that, you know, uh, you've faced in rolling out, um, Effective education for, for Buddhist women um, but also like the incredible successes that you've had and the the real sea change in uh, confidence and self-esteem that you know you've been able to affect. I think that's really really beautiful. Um, so we have a question here on Facebook from Lily Baldwin um, who says that it's a question for actually um, what kinds of activities are you doing with women? that you think have had the greatest impact and what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced? So maybe I will uh, ask Opor to um, <laughs> respond to that first because Tess just had a, a, a marvelous um, a marvelous response to a question. Um, and I, I know that a lot of uh, the work you've been doing, Opor, has is related to things that Tess have done, but even on a wider scale because of the female Sangha initiative. So perhaps you could explain some of those things. But yeah, so it was, the question was basically what kinds of activities are you're doing with women that you think have had the greatest impact and what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced.
1: Huh um, thank you for the questions and uh, so I would say this um at the INEP nature um we are connecting people. Um so INEP is so is stand for International Network of Engaged Buddhists and um having a platform where women can share and um we feel safe and i think this is um so the this is a first um female sangha initiative project it's um it's a pilot project that we we want to assess that um what we need um what or what does a woman need or what kind of the gap that we we can help contribute and bring it closer so um throughout this um we, we last year we opened the um we, we have the small grant uh, and we ask um, the the womenly women organized um, women led organizations and a group of people uh to to send in the applications so um with the the support from the committees um we select nine um project and then we support them by um we support them by the um you know, accommodating them and yeah. I think most of the work um successfully have done by the women themselves individually and a group of women so um I can I cannot say what is the greatest impact because um there is no measurement um what's great and what not and um what big and small but I believe that having this conversation is already an impact that we are making right now. And um and this year um, and this year we we are going to continue to empower women, and we would like to see that um we would like to strengthen the women um, the female Sankha um here, you know like, uh, so yeah uh, we want to make an a bigger impact expand it not just in Southeast Asia we want to reach out to all the sister brothers um. Who are out there, and you know, and have their um the same ideas that want to bring about um gender equalities, so um yeah um easy questions but um really complicated answer, so yeah. And uh, I get um an another um challenge that um, so the challenge itself um is of course that um we from from what's last year is um, speaking from my personal aspect first is me is like how do i work around this system when the man is dominating this and um i was carrying that um in a few months but then um not all men and not every uh, not all men that um uh that suppressing us um actually and um, there's uh men women and um and others um you know sex um other lgbtqi friends that um supporting this so um especially when um sulak um mentioned about this um i saw in one of his interview he said that um all men and women have ability and capacity to be enlightened the the challenging um thing to work here I think is a system. People often say that we cannot change the system, but I believe we can change the system because we are the human that we create the system. So, as we move in, as we move together in um solidarity, I believe we can change the system, and if this um if we can create the new culture. And the system accommodate all men, women, and other genders, so um, perhaps we wouldn't be um having the um this conversation, and we wouldn't have to plan the, you know, the workshop to educate and to um advocate for this. So yeah, I would say in summer um, in summary, I would say that the the most challenge and the, the, most difficult thing is um, the system, but we can change. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah, such a great response. I think, Opor, you know, it not only does the system affect uh, individuals, but it it affects like the, the opportunities that they also have for um, doing things that would break the system, because like all the momentum is going the wrong direction, which makes trainings and the type of work that INEP has been facilitating through the FEMA Sangha Initiative and uh, the SIA Foundation have been like really putting into practice through um, the educational programs. All the more important that it's a, it's a direct um, counter energy to to those structural and systemic forces that um, are not encouraging um, for that for that type of empowerment. Um, so thank you so much. I really appreciated that uh, those insights and uh, and I I love to hear what um, what your thoughts are, Tess, on the same question. I I, I can repeat it just so that we have it with utmost clarity. Uh, It's basically, uh, what kinds of activities are you doing with women that you think have had the greatest impact? And what are some of the biggest challenges that you face? I'm sure that, especially within the Myanmar context, there's some significant challenges that others may not be facing. So yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, thanks, Dexter and Opor. Um, I also have very similar thoughts when it comes to challenges to um Opor. <laughs> oh, I think um the structural and the system is also very deeply rooted in our society. Which is very, very difficult to change. Right. And but the thing is, like, whether um, the, the project uh, donors or the people who are implementing or people who are imp- uh, part of the project, um, once you see the change immediately or like as soon as possible, which is not possible. <laughs> which is not possible so uh, um uh, dealing dealing with these um structural um, um violence and all these cultural um, um problems i think it takes time and we really need to accept that not being able to accept that and willing to willing to see the um, result um very soon is also um uh, uh, the challenge that we have to overcome as well we need to know the reality of our uh, of the issue that we we are dealing with. And the other challenge that we also find is the sustainability of the activities. For example, the, the the small organization like SIA Foundation, we need a continuous support from donors and people. And we really need to have this self, self-sustaining activities so that um, so that we can continue and we just don't need to rely on donors all the time. So sustainability and it relates to the first point as like it takes time to make change or like to create impact in the society so one the the, the impact need to be uh, impact um, all, the, all these impactful activities um will need will need to be implemented for a longer period but then the funding or all these other aspects are, can only be for a short term and is not okay so I think the sustainability the structural change and the cultural things are also challenging and the other really really difficult thing that i have um, um, faced um, during the project is the helping the nuns to overcome their own biases. Uh, which i say of course couldn't change much but then like that just only helped them realize or aware aware about our situation for example uh when it comes to like uh becoming monks or nuns even though now they start to think like oh okay it's it, you know even more even nuns can create impact in the society and i don't need to be a monk or i don't need to feel like i want to be a monk to make more impact that i can i can just do it but then like after the training when they go back to their own society Like one, a lot more people think in a different way they also start to feel like um they need to in that they need to think in that way as well and also they start to feel like oh yeah uh, we are less important because people don't really value us etc so over helping the people or nuns to overcome their own biases are very very um uh, challenging as well because they have been they have been traumatized they have been having this bias for so many, uh, for so many years throughout their life, so it's very difficult. Uh, some of the to uh, um uh, to answer the second question, some of the uh, the activities that we have done um, that we think are impactful to some of those challenges are creating a safe space for the um, uh, women. So um we are now working with um only right now last year we worked with the 16 nuns and like they feel like it's a sp- safe space for them to just um to just share whatever they want to share or like to just exchange ideas to motivate each other and it's a space that is really important for them It's a is a group of people that they can rely on, they can depend on, they can open up and all this things. So creating a safe space uh, is very important and also um, to empower both women and other gender People in the society are also very impactful. I have to say. So whenever we talk about women empowerment or gender equality, some of the people think that um we need to empower only women. No, I don't. I disagree with that. We we need to empower women. Yes, but we need to empower. We need to empower other genders and people in the society in general as well, so that uh when women's rise, they also rise with us. They won't drag down, um, because they don't, they are not really aware of the issues or or this thing. So we need to empower both women and other genders in the society as well. The third um, activities or the idea that I think is impactful is um, having an approach of experiential learning approach. And using experiential wisdom to understand each other, to to learn more about um, different genders, or to learn more about other uh, other other uh, women's um, women's situations. So these experiential learning practices really help um, the people to realize or to reflect on their own situation learn from their experiences and then that will sustain i really believe i think i really believe in um, experiential learning because that is really effective and that uh, will that will help the people to um, uh, to learn um, more effectively. So using experiential learning strategies into our programs really help. And the last thing that I wanted to um, share is the use of dialogue in the in in women empowerment programs or in the empowerment programs in general in uh, saya's uh, female sangha initiative, we included a module on dialogue strategies and whenever after we have talked about different theories or like experienced um the dialogue internally, we also invited uh another female religious um leader from um islam Islamic group. Then um they had a they had a dialogue and like they started to they started to talk about um a lot of things that women go through in different religions and in 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 in, the, in their own religions and they started to empathize each other more and understand each other more so you know dialogue really helps them to open up um, um their eyes their hearts and even it also helped them to do more things um that is uh, that is um less harmful to the society so yeah so yeah these are some of the um things that i found and since we could um create safe space and you know um empower them in even in a short time we could see the confidence level of the nuns that we have worked with has increased the non ha- the the confidence level has increased and also um there is a strong support system that uh, we have and uh, uh, where they, they can talk about anything or where pe- the, the, the nuns would support to one another uh, when they are in need, yeah. I think I'm giving you a very long answers.
0: <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> absolutely like amazing. <laughs> I, I'm i very inspired by that response test. Uh, really, I am like all, all the things you covered there, I, I mean, are, I think, definitely threads that could continue to be pulled through the conversation but you know what you were just saying about the importance of experiential learning and in fact in in my experience of uh understanding and learning about buddhism it's all been through experience like the the philosophy and all those things don't make much sense without an experience and to be able like i'm sure that's quite appealing and understandable to uh buddhist nuns who are Deepen in, deepen in that practice as well, and then the use of dialogue as a key to empowerment is something that uh, you know the educator like Paulo Freire would have uh, absolutely loved to hear you say because it's that it's the development of critical thinking that is so important for self confidence and self esteem. Um, so it's beautiful to hear that you've been integrating all of these practices and really a incredible breadth of content into the Uh, the curriculums that you've been designing. um, It's really incredible. And I think, actually, this uh, the next question that we have from uh, Facebook ties into this topic of experiential learning um, in a a very vivid way, uh, especially currently. So, um, Amahan Abueva, I hope I pronounced your name right, asked very simply, how are the women and nuns in Myanmar, affected by the coup and the reign of the military junta, um, that's you know major major experiential uh, factor happening now, and I'm sure you have uh, uh, your own insights into that. So, yeah, uh, we're we're curious to hear what your thoughts are on that.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, um, first of all, I just wanted to say um, it's um it's not just women it's everyone in the, in Myanmar that has been um, impacted by the military coup cool. um yeah so um what when when we when you say in what way i have to say in many ways uh, it's physically um emotionally mentally socially spiritually you know um everything from every aspect is painful is you know um I am lucky that physically I am stay safe, um, but like, you know, mentally I'm quite broke down um, inside, you know, seeing other women, children, uh, men, young people, all these people suffering from these um, um, conflicts and from like people who have been behind, put behind the bars and like being arrested for just simply doing the great things for the community and society. And just um, recently the, um, the some of the teachers have been arrested um, in in my hometown just simply to um, simply because they have been teaching the children in the community. Do you even think that makes sense to you, Desta? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, right? So, um, everyone, children, starting from children to old people, regardless of gender, are suffering in Myanmar because of the military coup
0: yeah thanks for thanks for that response I mean that, it's very clear that it is certainly affecting um every dimension of life and that so I'm not surprised to hear uh, to hear that um from you but you know despite the you know that that immense challenge i i mean I, I believe that this project that was funded um by the female Sangha initiative took place inside of that context and of course it's it's continuing to evolve but you know re- regardless of the the immense amount of pressure, like you said, on all these factors, um, you're still able to produce and in, and empower women uh, in a, a time that it's that it's so important. So, yeah, thank you for for that work. It's really a it's really a beautiful thing, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to also, if anybody else uh, in in the clubhouse has any questions for Tess or Opor, please you can raise your hand and ask them. As well on the, as on the facebook stream um but yeah o- oprah do you have any do you have any thoughts about that um
1: maybe not related to um the question was just Arc. this is my questions to the system and the society i just want to throw out there i know it's a big questions i learned that um the that the system here right now at least for in thailand that i know that um they uh, in this um, Buddhist practice, they they do not yes they do not accept the bikini. That's why we call an ordained woman a nun. But in the history, the Buddha's Lord say that all men and women are equal, and um, regardless of gender, everyone can you know can be enlightened. I don't know when um when will with or uh, from from support or you know? Then we will be practicing uh, the Buddhist teaching in the right way, not using this um, the this system to oppress the woman, especially um, the nun, the pikuni. This is big questions, but um, but this is just my um, my questions. <laughs> so yeah,
2: are you asking to me or poor? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah, may, maybe you maybe you can um maybe you can share from um you know from all the hand on experience that you had with um yeah. with the nuns and, and why do they need why do they want to be a monk? Yeah you know,
2: um, um like i said before um people uh, then the nuns really think that they want it to be a monk just simply because they want to be more recognized their voice they want their voice to be heard better and even louder and I think deep down as well there is also a very uh, very very deep belief that um, um, they also believe that the men are better than women <laughs> and because uh, um, there is a belief right um, only men can be Buddha or Jesus or Allah or whoever so um, now with that belief um, it deep down in the society in the system um, it's already there I think there is a um, you know, um, this religion-based um uh, gender violence is there, and then it's very. It would take time to to um. It would take time to sort it out, or even to even remove our own bias as women or as the nuns. And yesterday, in my conversation with the nuns in Myanmar, um, it's very. You know. It's very difficult for them to speak about bhikkhunis and nuns even because they think they can never be bhikkhunis because of the um, disciplines that they can't follow. And and many of the many of the nuns in Myanmar find it okay. Okay, it's okay not to be bhikkhuni and i would just do in my own ways and because um, they have learned that opposing to our system or opposing to our culture, we're bring them threats so that also prevent them from uh opening up their hearts and their belief as well so is a it, if i have to say it's a very difficult question to to um answer
0: <laughs> thank you for trying to answer it <laughs> yeah but oh it, it's 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 you know making the attempt to t- to tackle these these difficult he's difficult to understand and to verbalize things that, that I think help everyone uh, come to, come to new understandings, everyone listening, and all the people that will be listening to this after the fact yeah so yeah thank you, you know, for perso- taking a stab
2: a personally personally i was just reading to a uh, 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 a comment on of a very famous monk on this matter as well they say um uh, in terms of dharma practice right in terms of dharma practice everyone can be enlightened but only men can be only men can be buddha you know that's the expression but deep down in my heart i feel like why women cannot be buddhas you never know you know um <laughs> and you never know if uh if women if women cannot be uh buddha be maybe because of these family responsibilities and all this things dragging down that maybe if we can build a society that will be uh treating the women fairly and injustice and squarely. Then maybe um there is a chance for women to practice dharma as much as men and also commit their themselves into dharma uh, as much as men and like become like women buddhas. Who knows? You know that's a thinking that I have. But then like things um that even if I speak out like this in Myanmar society, I'll be attacked by so many people
0: <laughs> Yeah, I well thank you for speaking out like that. Um you know, it's important and and I can't I have very limited awareness of the of of all of this context of uh of, of the the culture and the you know the the long tradition that has led to that kind of thinking. So um I I, I really appreciate your um yeah your courage in saying something like that. And in fact, I think this ties in well to uh, a kind of um, combined question, which I think may actually be um, one of the last questions that, that we answer as we've gone about an hour. Um, and I think that this is a quite a positive note that we can um, end on in terms of building uh, a kind of solidarity with the women of Myanmar. Um, so Reverend Karen Harrison has been um, providing some really interesting information in the Facebook a chat about um, uh, Canadian uh, engaged Buddhist women, if you're interested about learning more about that. But she actually asks, how can Buddhist women continue to remove power from the junta while some of the male monks are appeasing the junta? Um, but Amian Bueva has also, um, their question worked well with this as well and is what what do you suggest to those who want to express their solidarity for the people of Myanmar and especially um, the women and children to be able to lend support and be be of use from from afar and be able to express our our concern and our yeah our solidarity for for their struggle um, yeah I'm wondering what your what your thoughts are Tess
2: and you, can you please rephrase the question again <laughs>
0: Yes yeah. no worries. Um, it was a little bit a little bit long-winded um, I think in in, in a more uh, clear sense it's what is uh, what do you think are good ways that uh, we as listeners and pre- most likely people not inside of Myanmar at the moment, how can we support Buddhist women um, and also in fact support women and children in Myanmar um, in terms of solidarity with with their struggle and um, helping to express our concern and and our compassion for for them are there any ways that you think uh that you think that we can do that
2: i think there are there are many channels that we can do um in terms of showing um solidarity with the with the women and children in myanmar um it's depending on what we can do and what we are really interested in for example, if you are really into education and educating children, of course you can. I mean, you can support the children in Myanmar or or or, or like uh, through the uh, education organizations or people that you know, uh stuff like that. So um, in terms of financially, in terms of uh, morally, or in terms just like vir- uh, like uh, virtually, just uh, like posting things like that for the people, it's also it's also great, or even if you are even if you are a Buddhist or Christian or wherever like in your own way in your religious practice you know just think about us send us middah send us your compassion you know send us your prayers that o- would also work as well if so depending on what you can do and um, what you can do it, it would be dep- it would depend on what you can do right So like um like if you can support financially please support the people in myanmar financially if you can just um post something um to raise awareness of the people from around the world about the issues of myanmar please do that or if you if you want to um if you want to um just share your mitda please do that as well so um yeah so um there are so many ways that you can do and there are so many possibilities and like um if you if you need help with that i can also support in um in reaching out to the right people in myanmar as well
0: excellent thank you so much for sharing that and uh you know i think that all those are really, really good points, and I hope that everyone listening to this is able to, uh, yeah, take take some sort of an insight from that in terms of what what actionable steps you can do. Even sharing information about what's happening, like sh- sharing this this talk after the fact with people that you think might be interested, is a great way for to spread to spread awareness. Um, and so I, I know that I said that was going to be the last question, but I think a uh, <laughs> a more uh, expansive one in terms of the fact that what you have what you are doing task with saya foundation and what the fema Sangha initiative is has done and is going to do in the future um, i think maybe if you could each say a little bit about what what is planned for the future and you know future activities of um, providing either new forms of support for women's projects or educational programs um, i think to give to give the listeners a kind of idea that you know th- this is very much a living a living project and a living, um, a living cause and activity. So, uh, yeah, I think injecting a little bit of that that future look is is a good way to to wind us up. <laughs>
2: Thanks, thanks, Dexter. Um, as part of Sara Foundation, we're working on so many things because we believe that we must do as um citizens of Myanmar or people in education. We really need to do so many things, right? And um, like the theme from this International Women's Day, like uh, education to um to break bias. So um, as part of Sara Foundation, we will keep um breaking the bias in the society and um. Uh, in, in our community so that our women are treated equally, um, through their programs for the women empowerment. So in the future we are planning to continue working with the women from uh, Buddhist community, Christian community, Islamic communities, and uh, from uh, various religious community as well. So we want to have more um, um, religious le- female religious leaders empowerment programs um, where women can um, create safe space, um, create support system on their own, so that we can keep breaking the bias and, you know, um, and creating an impactful equal society that's part of it and the second thing is i want to um, highlight more of the great work of um uh, women in myanmar and in around the world because one of the reasons why their voices are not hard is also because um maybe there are not not so many people who are trying to ask them a question or are trying to show their work, amazing work to the public. So I want to be an agent of change, an agent um to share their wonderful stories to the world and the people of Myanmar. So I want to highlight the good work of um, our nuns and the women in Myanmar. And uh, as we are, as we have been supporting the um, t- children and teachers in the community. So I will keep working on the community education programs. And, and uh, we, w- we are currently also uh, working on designing the Faith-based school teachers fellowship program. So 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 we are also developing training manuals and materials for the children and the teachers um, in the faith-based schools. So, yeah, so many things that we are working on.
0: Amazing. Yes, so many incredible things. Definitely uh, watch watch the space and stay up to date with the SIA Foundation. Go like them on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, stay up to date. There's a lot going to be happening, and I'm sure we will be... Uh, including much more information about your activities and work um, in the future. But, Opor, maybe you could also give a, a little vision of what's what's planned for the Female Sangha Initiative.
1: Yeah, um, it, this is like um, the strategy plan. Um, we, we want to feed, we want to reach the goal, which I always think is like the North Star, where it's guiding us. So we want to empower Buddhist women so that for uh, forth Buddhist uh, communities are equally capable of fully engaging with social issues locally and globally with the value guided by Buddhist drama. so um to be able to do that we have we have to continue working on building together the um the female Sankha um regardless of the um the belief or the religions that um have mentioned and I like to quote her um, from from TED that she say when wo, when women rise, when women empower other women, we rise together. So um, yeah, to to keep doing that and also to improve um, the Buddhist women educations and especially this year, um, we we have um, supported from um, from the organizations. Um, from the US, um, AID through the FHI, to continue advocate um for the female sanka, so um with that case um, we, INEP is working on um bringing together um, and trying to empower, um, the female sankha um through this um from through our advocacy work, and so yeah, there's uh many more to do, but um for now, just give you this and. Perhaps maybe we have like, you know, um, the second clubhouse talk, we can see where it's going, uh, which direction is um, we are heading. So, yeah, what we need to do is just continue to voice out, continue to amplify the great work um, ha- that have done by women, by men, by, by men that support um, women equality. And also by others, gender that I'm um, working to contribute to this um, to this great work of equalities. Yeah, happy International Women's Days. So um, before I hand it over to you, Dexter, I like to quote this from the um, from the from this um, from this year um campaign, break the bias. It's really short. It's mentioned that a world free of bias stereotypes and discriminations, a world that is diverse, equitable, and inclusive, a world where different is valued and celebrated. Together, we can force women's equalities. Collect- collectively, we can all break the bias. So that's for me.
0: What an amazing quote to, to wrap it up on. Thank you for sharing that, Opport, and thank both of you for immensely for you know taking the time to share the work that you've been doing with uh, with larger audience and you know being able to so clearly highlight not only the great successes that you've had but the challenges that are still present. So I really appreciate uh, the time we've been able to spend together. It's already an hour and fifteen minutes. It was like it flew by in a in a flash. And uh, I'd also like to thank everyone who attended. Um, we had a consistent number of people on our Facebook stream and some uh, consistent listeners on clubhouse so thank you very much and uh, please stay tuned follow uh, digital Bodhisattva on clubhouse and uh, if you enjoyed the talk make sure to share it with uh, with your friends and your community um, so we can help uh, continue to spread the word about uh, these important issues as opor said at the beginning you know every day should be international women's day and just because we are having a special event on this day it does not mean that uh, this, this work isn't continuing and that it isn't, doesn't remain important. So INEP is deeply engaged uh, in this in this topic. And uh, we have been actually since our founding in 1989. So I uh, thank you once again for uh, attending. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I appreciate appreciate all of your presence. Thank you.
1: Thank, thank you, you Dexter, for hosting no, thank us. You, thank everyone. you, Ted and A. And thank you for Please those who on you. Facebook. <laughs> Bye. Until next Bye. time. Bye. Keep okay. up the great work, Ted.